Hey folks and welcome back to the Blue Light Podcast. I'm Brendan from Blue Light and this is the only place you need to be to discover all you need to know about police recruitment and increasingly support for those of you who've been successful and have a warrant card in your pocket, the serving officers, who frankly you're just doing an amazing job at the moment. So in this week's podcast I want to discuss how do you get to retire or resign with honour? Now, I know some of you might be thinking, what? I'm not even in the police yet. And for those of you who are in service may be thinking, well, that's the last thing on my mind at the moment. But I've gone through this. I've gone through retirement. And I've got to say, uh, it's very enjoyable being outside of the police, uh, but still being involved in the police. I, I do love still being involved in the sector. But there's that little bit of tagged on the end with honour, because you can either retire or resign, or you can retire or resign with honour. And I think there's a difference. And and there's many many elements of this, but I want to talk about one aspect of serving with honour, and that is serving with integrity. And this is going to be really useful for you if you are in the police recruitment process and you will get asked a question about the value of integrity in your online assessment centre. And many forces also ask you questions to test your integrity. Some forces give you forward-facing questions where they'd give you a scenario and then say, how would you deal with this? And for serving officers, for those of you who want to get promoted to sergeant, you're being tested as well on your assessment centres and boards with questions like, um, how would you embed ethical standards in your team? So let's take a look at the Code of Ethics and what the Code of Ethics says, uh, and sorry, the Competency and Values Framework says about integrity. Now, within the behaviours of uh, integrity, and it does link in with the Code of Ethics, it says that you will challenge colleagues whose behaviour, attitude and language falls below the public's and the service's expectations. So it makes it really clear there that that is what is expected of you that you'll demonstrate courage in doing the right thing, even in challenging situations. And you'll always act in line with the values of the police service and the code of ethics for the benefit of the public. Now, these are very worthy statements. And I've got to say, you know, I think they're good things. What is not good about those statements? And the code of ethics, let's remember, is legislation. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a bit of guidance. It's legislation. So the code of ethics requires you to challenge any behavior that does fall below the standards required by the code of ethics and is required by the expectations of the public and of the service, exactly as the behaviours within the CVF. So, but is that the reality? Is that reality? I got thinking about whether that is the reality and how easy is it to challenge behaviour and whether there is a culture within the service that promotes that and supports it or whether there's a long way to go. Now, I don't know for a fact um, whether there's 70% still to go or 60% still to go. I don't know how far there is to go, but I do know that the police are on a journey. And I also know that the standards that I experienced um, and the the, the behaviours I experienced as a younger police officer in the 80s and 90s, I've got to say, some of those behaviours which I witnessed were just absolutely abhorrent. And I did challenge some of them, and it didn't go well. Um, it was very, very difficult to challenge behaviour back in the 80s and 90s, because there was no framework that allowed you to do that. 
Now there is. But still, we are getting reports like this one. So this was in the uh, national news this week. Uh, a metropolitan detective sergeant built a shrine on a Muslim colleague's desk in an attempt at a joke. So I'll read some aspects of this because I think it's a, a good case study to utilise, to think about in terms of what you would do and how you would deal with something like this. So this particular detective, detective sergeant, built a shrine on a Muslim colleague's desk um, and there was also a series of claims that he'd bullied and harassed this junior officer. So, a photograph of Shamima Begum, who had left the UK as a schoolgirl to join as Islamic State in Syria, uh, was also going to be left in on this shrine. And the sergeant, who's since resigned, sent inappropriate messages to the colleague, referring to Officer A, calling her sugar tits, chocolate buttons, little love kit, and peachy butt in private messages. The sergeant made open and deliberate statements intended at the very least to embarrass and humiliate the officer in front of the rest of the team and also made discriminatory and offensive remarks aimed at groups including Muslims, women and the gay community intending to intimidate and isolate his colleague. So these um, incidents occurred in 2018 and 2019 so it's taken quite a while for it to get to uh, be heard at this particular hearing. Um... But the, what the panel said was well, there's no doubt in this panel's view that such a plan that this officer had would have been seen by Officer A to be offensive, racially discriminatory and potentially intimidating. I hope you're shocked as I am at this moment in time reading this because it's just a few years ago. It's not like something that happened in the 1990s. The panel also said that the conduct of the officer, uh, DS Tuffery, um, the, 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 it was clear that the colleague suffered harm from the conduct um, and then it goes on, the commander Paul Betts from the director of professional standards in the Met said, this type of behaviour has absolutely no place within the Met. These offences are a blatant abuse of the trust of his position as a police officer and a supervisor. The Met will be extremely disappointed at these disgraceful actions. Uh, the MPS, the Metropolitan Police, will always investigate such allegations thoroughly, support those who report them and take appropriate action to end such behaviour by our officers or members of staff. So there's the story, folks, and that's what got me thinking. And what got me thinking was how big is the gap between the reality on the ground and what the Code of Ethics and the Competency and Values Framework and the Directorate of Professional Standards and the Commanders and the Chief Constables their expectations. Is there a gap between their expectations and the reality on the ground? And what got me thinking was, how many times had there been discriminatory language? How many times have been racially um, homophobic um, language being displayed by this sergeant towards this officer and maybe other officers before it was actually called out? So what would you do? What would you do? If you were witness to something like that, if you were witness to your sergeant and you were a constable behaving like that, what would you do? Now, I pose this um, in confidence. I'm not going to say who the individuals were, but they were a group of my clients who are preparing for the police recruitment process. I've also posed it to a couple of uh, potential sergeants. So some constables and sergeants who I'm, uh, who, some constables who are hoping to be sergeants, and I'm sure they will be, who I'm currently coaching on a one-to-one -one basis. 
because one of the things that the sergeant said is that we are going to get tested with a scenario that asks us forward facing how would you embed ethical standards in your team in the future so this relates very much to it and like i said it got me thinking how many times has this occurred before someone called it out and reported it or did it take officer a to report it to professional standards whilst everyone else just watched and listened and didn't do anything so what would you do well i set a couple of integrity tests for um, a small group of uh, recruit candidates and what i said to them was i want you to behave honestly naturally and just be yourself and what happened was very few of them actually came forward and said i would challenge that behavior on the first instance and a lot of them said i actually wouldn't know how to challenge that behavior and there's comments like well i wouldn't want to lose any friends or colleagues i know people would talk about me behind my back um, i'd be very young in service so i'd be worried about fitting in and it'd be difficult for me yeah i get all of that but it's not something about stepping up to do the right thing and they all agreed that what they'd want to do is to challenge the sergeant but how they'd find it difficult to do so and the same went for those people who I'm coaching for constable to sergeant. They also said, well, that'd be one of my peers. That's a fellow sergeant. So that might be a bit difficult for me. And how would I go about doing it? Now, for the constable to sergeant ones, they were more determined that they would actually challenge the behaviour. But what they didn't have was the tools to be able to do so. So they weren't quite sure how did actually go about challenging that behavior so i hope you're following this so far what's emerging is a, a bit of a pattern and I, I just wonder how true this is in the service still of young recruits worried and concerned about challenging behavior because they want to fit in and serving officers not so much worried and concerned about challenging the behavior but just not knowing how to do so and not being familiar with doing so so this got me thinking about what could you do to equip your toolbox of skills with tools and uh, models and structures that are going to enable you to feel comfortable in challenging behavior like this? Actually, here's the thing. If this behavior was challenged further upstream of it becoming so extreme like this, I wonder whether it would have happened in the first place. I wonder whether this sergeant would still be in service i wonder whether officer a would be quite happy in the service and would just see it as a, a little blip it was just a little blip where one of my sergeants said something inappropriate but another sergeant or another constable challenged it dealt with it in a very supportive way and it never happened again you see where i'm going with this i hope so um because this gets back to my original point how do you get to retire or resign with honor now, I think if you've served well and you've done the right thing when called upon to do so, then you're in a position where you can retire or resign with honour. Looking back on my career, I know I did some foolish things. I did some things that were stupid, quite frankly, especially when I was younger in service. But when it came to the time to actually challenge behaviour that wasn't right... When I handed in that warrant card and reflected on my service, I was actually quite proud of the fact that I had stood up to do the right thing 
and I had challenged inappropriate behaviour. Some of that behaviour was extreme behaviour that involved violence towards people in custody. So I'm very proud of the fact that I did that and consider that I did get to retire with honour. Now, only you can be the judge of that. You've got to look yourself in the mirror and decide, did I do the right thing? Only you can answer that question. And there's some things in my past which I wish I'd done better. I wish I'd done better. I'll share one of them that wasn't actually from the police service. But it got me thinking when I was in the police service about would I ever do that again? Because I still remember it. Now, I was working at the time before the police for a uh, banking organisation. I'm not going to say which one it was. Um, And I was a, a, a junior trainee manager. And one of the things that was expected of me was to interview new staff. And I interviewed one member of staff and I thought she was really, really good. And I went back to the manager and said, I think she's going to be great. She's got the right qualifications, the right attitude. The answers to her questions were brilliant. And the manager just said to me, get rid of her. Get rid of her. She's not joining our organisation. Now, you're probably thinking, I wonder what that would be. Or you probably guessed, actually. She was black. And I'm ashamed to say that I actually went to her and told her, exactly what the manager had told me to say i was racist that was terrible that weighed on my mind for so long and it still weighs on my mind now what so getting on for 40 years later 35 years later this is now getting on for 40 years this is still weighing on my mind and so that was the time when i decided when i do get into the police i will do the right thing i will never allow anything like that to happen and to the individual who i said no to oh my goodness i'm so deeply sorry you know i'm still sorry to this day i don't know what i can do to atone for that or perhaps i have by trying to do my best whilst i was a serving police officer to do the right thing and to call things out that are inappropriate that are racist that are sexist that um do not exhibit the standards required of a police officer so how are you going to ensure that you get to retire with honor resign with honor so i've got some suggestions here some things for you to think about either as a potential recruit if you're asked one of those forward-facing questions or for those of you who are constables who are hoping to get promoted to sergeant um, the sort of questions that you're going to get asked about how you're going to embed ethical standards how would you challenge a fellow sergeant you know those sort of questions which you could reasonably get Now, I think the starting point is actually walking the talk and doing this as part of your life, making it part of what you do, both in the workplace and outside of the workplace. So that when you do come across something which is actually quite serious and appropriate behaviour, it's easy to do because you've practised challenging and discussing scenarios um, and real life incidents where people have said things that may be inappropriate. Now, we discussed this on another one of my webinars uh, with phrases like, just get one of the girls from the office to do it. Or, oh, you'll know John, he stands out a mile off, he's the only black one in the office. You know, just comments like that, that are not meant to be offensive. The individual, not even, they're not even trying to do banter. They're just using phrases which they've always used, but still have an element of sexism or racism in them. And challenge doesn't have to be, so I need to challenge you now, Uh, you can't say that. 
there's various models which um, I look at in other videos and uh, on my Facebook groups uh, and on YouTube. Uh, so please, if you want to find out more, go to the Facebook groups. I'll put a link in the blurb on this podcast. And also, you can also find out a little bit more by uh, just Googling, not Googling, by searching on Facebook for Blue Light Police Recruitment. That'll find the group for police recruits. And there's also uh, Blue Light uh, In-Service Cadre and that is the group for serving police officers and you can find out a lot more in those groups about how to deal with these sort of things uh, one of them is called Kudsa this is a way of challenging inappropriate behaviour where you actually confront it to start with but there's ways of doing that that aren't so harsh or assertive uh, an understanding phase where you ask questions of the individual about their behaviour you define and summarise it, seek some solutions, and then assess and monitor, which leads to a certain result. And there's also things like the integrity test. Uh, I really like this integrity test. It was given to me by my sergeant back in 1986, uh, Don Blackhurst, bless his soul. Uh, he had 29 years service in at that time. And he told me how when I'm about to do something or not do something, and I think it might be something that's contentious, just imagine that the the following people who are watching you the chief constable your favorite relative your favorite loved person uh, your best friend uh, your favorite teacher and if you're a person who follows a religion uh, if you're a person of the cloth uh, a priest or a rabbi or whoever it might be that represents your religion just imagine they're all watching you if what you're about to do would make them proud then you're doing the right thing crack on if what you're about to do or not do would make them doubt you and wonder whether this is the person that they really know and whether they would shake their heads and say, that's not the John I know, that's not the Susan I raised, or that's not the person I know. The person I know would stand up and do the right thing. Then you're about to do the wrong thing. So stop and think what the right thing is. Now I've developed that integrity test a little bit further. Because sometimes you still might not know. You might genuinely not know what to do or what not to do. So at this point, I'd look for a colleague, a role model, someone who you know and trust, and go to them and share with them this dilemma that you have. Share with them this dilemma that you have. Because once you've shared it with them, they can't unknow it. So if it is something that needs dealing with, if it is something that needs challenging, if it is something that um, links in with those behaviours I discussed at the very beginning of this podcast, then if you don't do something about it, they have to. They have to, because they can't unknow what they now know. So there you go. There's a little integrity test, which um, I think is particularly useful. And another idea for those of you who are constables hoping to become sergeants comes from this this concept I heard about from someone who's in the um, uh, in, in the gas industry and calls it having toolbox talks. So when something's not gone quite right when they're out on the field, they all gather around and they have something called a toolbox talk. Now we would call that in the police sector a hot debrief. Hot debriefs are where you actually stop for a moment to think, right, what's going on at the moment? Are we doing the right thing? Are we on track? Are we, are we doing what we plan to do? Uh, or have we gone off course? Uh, what's going well? What's not going so well? How can we put the wheel back on? 
hot debrief i've used them so many times at sporting events in the police uh, large operations uh, search warrants but the one thing that struck me was how we don't do these things as a matter of course with operational policing on a day-to-day basis or maybe we do you know if you are in a police service in a police force or a division or borough where this culture exists then please let me know i'd love to hear from you this is where if something doesn't go to plan or if someone's behavior isn't quite what is expected maybe it's a stop and search and the officer got a little bit het up and swore at the individual or was perhaps a little bit too uh, too hands-on when they didn't need to be so hands-on i'm not talking about anything that's a major breach of the code of ethics i'm not talking about anything that needs to go to professional standards just something where you think do you know that didn't go so well that i think that individual could probably have done better and also i actually like the way they did part of it but didn't like the way they did another part of it have we got a culture that exists where we could actually challenge and i'm not sure if the phrase is challenge i'm not quite sure if that's the right phrase feel comfortable enough to actually discuss what happened and so that's something that i think might be worthy of doing practicing your skills in confronting discussing and challenging behavior that's not necessarily something that would need reporting to the next rank up but you get better practiced at dealing with things like that so that when it does come when the time does come where you may have to stand up to the sort of sergeant i described before with the racist and the sexist language that they were using the behaviors are clearly abhorrent if this individual hadn't resigned they would have been dismissed they would have been dismissed and so when it comes to a moment like that you'll be ready for it you'll be prepared for it And you might be able to nip it in the bud before it comes as bad as it actually did in this case. Another idea for those of you who are constables going for the rank of sergeant is maybe holding scenarios, scenario debriefs with your staff. So when you are a sergeant, for 10 minutes, that's all it takes, 10 minutes doing exactly what I did with the group that I um, ran a webinar with the other day, where I actually ran a set of circumstances by them, asked them what they did, and when then, we, then we debriefed it. We debriefed why you, beha- you said you'd behave like that, uh, what on reflection would you like to do better, what would be expected of you if you're a serving police officer as opposed to someone who's not in the police yet. You know, we bounced around all of those questions. We debriefed it. And what they came up with is how in the future they need to be more cognizant of what's required of them as a police officer and be prepared to do that right thing. So is there something you could do with your team during briefings? 10 or 15 minutes. I know you're going to say, oh, we haven't got time for that. Well, you haven't got time to set standards in your team. You haven't got time to help your team to realise what those standards are, what's expected of them, and how you'd actually go about challenging behaviour if it needed challenging, and how you'd go about supporting individuals who were the victims of that behaviour, and how you'd go about supporting those people who may have said some things or behaved in certain ways, but they weren't aware that their behaviour was actually bordering on or was actually sliding into the zone where it's a breach of the code of ethics. Nothing so serious that it has to go to professional standards, but something that's sufficiently serious for it to be dealt with in that team. And it wouldn't need to go any further, because it's dealt with. So I just wonder, I just wonder, I'm just going to throw those things out for you, 
because you know I don't have to do those things now. Um, I've retired. I've learned a lot from three decades plus in policing. Uh, for many of you, those sort of scenarios, those sort of skills that you need to challenge that behaviour might not be there, but it might be worth you developing them because one day you're going to want to retire. One day you might want to resign because it's not for everyone to do a 35-year career in the police. So you might want to retire or resign. And the choice is yours, folks. Do you retire or resign full stop? Or do you retire or resign with honour? So there you go, folks. I'll leave that one there with you. Only you can answer those questions. I hope you found this podcast useful. And I look forward to the next one. And like I said, if you want to find out a little bit more about the Blue Light services and what I have to offer you, then uh, you can see all my comments, all my guidance, my videos, my explainer videos, um, all my support is in the Facebook groups. I, sp I spend half my life on those Facebook groups. So again, go to Facebook groups, search for Blue Light and Police Recruitment and ask to join. Please do answer the question that's posed. And if you're a serving police officer, look up Blue Light uh, in-service development cadre or just put in blue light and cadre and it should find it in groups and again ask to join but please answer that question where I, I ask you to persuade me that you're a serving police officer because if you don't I'll just reject your application straight away there's over 3,000 police officers now in that group and for the potential recruits is well in excess of 16,000 members so plenty of people there to help support you and guide you in your journey to either joining the police or being an awesome police officer and having the most amazing and fulfilling career. So I look forward to seeing you in the Facebook groups and I'll catch up with you at the next podcast. Speak to you soon. Bye bye for now.